You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Ah, that's right. You heard the man. Here I am, live in the Prop Swap studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. This is The Fix, and it's 1030, so it's time for your football fix, ladies and gentlemen. And who better than to bring in the man, Johnny Mack. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at si.com. And John has his own show right here on AM 1490, extending the play every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Alshon Jeffrey, is he going to play on Sunday? Can we get some type of receiver that's not named Fulgham or Hightower? No offense to you two gentlemen. (laughs) So uh, let's get into it. Mr. John. Yeah, you know, it's... (laughs) <laughs> Hi, Ryan. It's interesting. Sorry, I was a little uh, distracted because I'm watching the Bears and Buccaneers with dueling personal fouls, dueling stupidity. <laughs> I, I think that's been one of the best things about the NFL this year is they've scaled back on penalties, which I think is makes the game more more entertaining. I don't think there's any any question about that. But the Buccaneers, Buccaneers and the Bears did not get that memo today flags all over the place in the third quarter. But, yeah, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey missed practice today with an illness. And anytime you see illness in uh, today's NFL, obviously people kind of default to, to COVID-19. But, you know, especially with what is going on with the Tennessee Titans. But, you know, the Eagles since training camp, it was Doug Peterson himself. But player-wise, it was – Lane Johnson, Nate Gary, Jordan Mailata, uh, they were on the COVID list. They haven't had anybody on the list since uh, training camp. So protocols have been working for them. But I bring that up because they've had a lot of guys mispractice with illness. And that I have a better understanding than most people because I had to go through the whole COVID testing every day. And you, you fill out this questionnaire while you do it. And, you know, if you report anything, whether you've been in contact with someone uh, who tested positive or, or even if you just have a, a stuffy nose or a headache and you click yes instead of no, you can't get into the facility. So that's been the case with all these illnesses throughout not only training camp but also into the regular season when you see guys missing practice and you see that term illness not necessarily COVID. Yeah, but that's just obviously, like you said, the first thing that everyone jumps to, oh, COVID-19, are we going to get the game off? And uh, today, John, more news regarding postponements around the NFL. The Patriots and the Broncos, they're postponed. The Titans, once again, they're postponed. And I have a lot of questions there. But I'll start with the Denver Broncos and one player uh, in particular, Shelby Harris. And makes a decent point you know he tweeted out earlier tonight actually just a couple hours ago why are we getting punished when we did nothing wrong pats go on a bye next week and we are stuck on a short week playing the dolphins help it help me make sense of it yeah there is no sense i mean i i've talked to and i and i said with fans as well but certainly players i mean when you start talking about 
competitive advantages or competitive equity, any way you want to describe it, you got to give up on that. You got to just default and stipulate to the fact there's going to be issues. And um, the league has kind of made that clear, uh, and they're trying to get through the season. Uh, and there's a lot of hurdles to that, which I think people don't understand. And I'll go back to the Titans again because you've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it, Ryan, you see this influx of, of fans and even media people. And I, I don't blame fans. I more blame media people who say you should have these draconian punishments to the Titans, make them forfeit games, take away draft picks, massive fines. I mean, hey, you have to deal with a union that's going to be fighting all that kind of stuff. And, B, we're back to that full circle of just shaming people. So, in essence, you know, you can go all the way back because Tom Brady's facing Nick Foles, obviously, tonight on Thursday Night Football. You remember going back to the summer and even the spring and – had all these lockdowns, and Tom Brady was out there in Tampa with his teammates and no mask on, going in parks that were shut down, and and he didn't get sick. So what I'm trying to say is, and this has happened, I'm not trying to pick on Tom, this has happened all over. You know, players would get together and work out um, and, and not, you know, listen to the local protocols or whatever you want to describe it from – state and local governments, and then all of a sudden you get to Tennessee, and they probably do something they're not supposed to do, not trying to defend them, uh, and, and people do get sick, and you want to shame them, number one, and then you want to punish them, number two, whereas if you don't get sick, and you but you've done the same thing, there's no punishment. So that's a tremendous hypocrisy that the NFLPA is going to fight and point out. So, I, again, I understand this from fans, but media people, use your common sense. This is not just you have to work this out with the NFLPA as well as the NFL. And at this point, they're just trying to get through the season. They're moving games around, and that's how they're going to go about it. Either stipulate to the competitive advantage, disadvantage point, or don't. But that's the way it's going to be. And All right, so... I agree with you, and I also disagree with you, and here's why. I, I think that we're in unprecedented times. How many times have we heard that? But but it's true, and I don't think there should be black and white concrete rules where if you do this, you lose a draft pick. If you do this, you forfeit your next game. But on the other hand, I think that you can be human about it and adjust penalties or decisions on what to do with certain situations accordingly. I mean, the Tennessee Titans were told on September 29th, hey, listen, you have some guys testing positive. Just don't get together. We have to lay low. Let's make sure this doesn't spread. Twelve hours later, you have a group of them working out. I mean, I I just want football. I don't care about the – you know, impact of COVID-19 and will someone get extremely sick or the political aspect of it. But teams need to at least make an attempt to follow protocols. I mean, this is only getting worse here. Well, and here's where I'll agree with you, Ryan. If if it is organizational, in other words, if if the organization, if Mike Vrabel, if assistant coaches got together, whoever, the general manager, 
and said, you know what, guys, we can't, we got to shut down the facility, but, you know, wink, wink, keep on top of things. Right. If you can prove that, yeah, I, I think there should be penalties. If, if this is players getting together on their own, I, you can call them dumb. You can call them stupid. You can say it's it's disrespectful. You can say it's immature. You can use any adjective you want. But that, to me, is different. And I don't think you can penalize an organization as harshly as people want to do if the organization isn't responsible for these types of things. And you can't say uh, because a bunch of players got together uh, without the approval of an organization. And by the way, again, I'm not saying that happens. If you have evidence that somebody from Tennessee in a position of power was funneling guys to work out, then I'm all on board. Punish them. Yeah. Make them forfeit. But if it's just a bunch of players, no, no way. It's already been done a hundred times, hundred times over, and you're just penalizing guys who've gotten sick. And uh, you know, you know, I've talked about that since the start of this, Ryan. Yeah. This whole shaming part of this has to stop. Way back when Lane Johnson, think about that. Mm-hmm. Locally in Philadelphia, the offensive line masterminds summit that he runs every year. Think about how many players went there. And I don't know if that's where Lane Johnson got sick, but everyone put two and two together because they're all experts. They're all Twitter MDs. And they said, well, he got it there because he wasn't social distancing. Well, guess what? There are a lot of other NFL offensive linemen there as well. So how come you're not punishing those guys? How come you're not punishing their teams? And that's just one example. Again, there were hundreds of examples dating back to the offseason, and you could go to the parties of the Dallas Cowboys. That was a big story. Guys didn't get sick. You're penalizing guys for getting sick. It is bizarre to me. It really is. Unless you can prove that organizational part in it, if they instructed their guys, you got to stay. Uh, you got to stay sharp. You got to continue to work out. You can't come to the facility. Go here and do some work. Then I agree with you. If you can't prove that, and I doubt you can because I don't think the Tennessee Titans are that stupid, then then I, I would agree with punishment. Outside of that, nope. I, I agree with what the NFL is doing. Just try to get the games in as when you can. Yeah, it's um, you make a lot of good points, and it's just it's tough. It's really tough to navigate. I mean, I look at it sort of this way: like, what should the NFL have strict, more strict? Um, like protocols in place like I would argue the Tennessee Titans they get that memo on the 29th saying don't work out at that point you are responsible for being a part of a movement to make sure that this doesn't spread and it doesn't impact other teams and it doesn't impact the NFL so should the NFL put these teams in quarantine I I don't know I I just want to make sure that this doesn't get worse if I'm Roger Goodell and I'm the NFL, because you just had one situation, you felt like it was somewhat under control, just pushing back a couple bye weeks, and now here we are again with two separate games one week later, 
getting pushed back, and there's more trickle-down effects. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but is there a better way to handle it in your mind or just keep doing what they're doing? Well, I, I mean, it is in, in a lot of ways, you know, and people have talked about uh, a bubble that the NBA has used and even baseball is using for the playoffs versus the NFL not using a bubble and the logistical problems in trying to put something like that together. Um, I don't think it's possible. I've said that from the start with the NFL. Too many players. Uh, there's not enough football fields and if you want to create. Uh, so just the game itself makes that an issue. Uh, and, and, and then, you, you know, the NFL was expecting positive tests. Uh, Dr. Alan Sills, who's their medical director, said that pretty consistently does conference calls all the time. Uh, so it's not like they weren't prepared for this, and that's why they've continued the daily testing, and that's why they've been able uh, to get, you know, guys tested positive. And by the way, you know, something else I want to point out, I should have pointed out earlier, Ryan, and I said you're, you're punishing people and shaming people for getting sick. The vast majority of these players aren't sick. The vast majority are asymptomatic. That's a part of it as well. You're talking about generally young men in their 20s in phenomenal physical shape. So to them, it is just uh, a cold, and they feel bad for a couple days, and some don't feel bad at all. So that's part of it as well. You can get back and, and, and get quickly. Now, there's a larger societal issue in the fact that obviously – they could give it to somebody else when they're outside the facility, and hopefully they're doing the right things. But, again, this whole thing is set up on the honor system. And I don't see how you penalize one group for testing positive and another group who, by the way, you have no idea. They might be doing much more irresponsible things, but yeah. they haven't gotten tested positive. I, I mean, it's an, it's an impossible situation and I guess that's my biggest frustration, because people think they can legislate a virus. You can't. You do, you, you do the best you can, and that's all you can do. Yeah, it's just it's a tough situation, and here we are now. We got through three weeks where we're like, oh, looking around, looking over our shoulder. Maybe we're in the clear here, and now a Titan situation happens last week. That hasn't gone away with that organization. Now you insert the Patriots with, with Cam Newton and the impact against their with their opponent against the Denver Broncos. So you just kind of you just hope that things work out and they're able to adjust and move the chairs and still keep this thing trucking along as the Bears are trucking along. They're inside the twenty right now, John, uh, down sixteen fourteen, and Nick Foles is just being Nick Foles. As he gets fumb- as he gets hit and loses the ball, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, um, yeah, Nick's playing pretty well. I, I didn't expect that they would have uh, uh, be in this game this late. Uh, I mean, and that's what you want to be in a situation where you have a chance to to win the game in the fourth quarter. So, I think it's interesting the Bears in general because it's very rare. Uh, you had a three and O team that had quarterback controversy typically. Uh, you're not talking about changing the quarterback until you lose some games. So sure enough, Nick comes in, wins that third game, and he loses the fourth game, and now here we are. But ultimately, I think long-term, 
the Bears don't have the answer at the quarterback position. So, I mean, they got to start over again, and that's that's a, that's a pill to swallow for for Ryan Pace, the GM out there, because obviously drafted Mitchell Trubisky number two overall, which is bad enough. But then you look at that draft, and who else was in that draft? Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yep. Um, so. Uh, we're talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. So Alshon Jeffrey had an illness today, not COVID-related, at least uh, from what we know as of now. Oh, well, it might be. We it don't know. Be. Right. Yeah, yeah we, we don't know. Simply, you know, it, it, what would happen is he would get tested, uh, and if if there is a positive they would they would have a second test to sort of confirm it, and then he would go on the reserve COVID nineteen list. But the way these things have been going, I, I said there's been a a ton of Eagles over the weeks that have missed a day or two here and there uh, with illness, and that's that has to do with those protocols that everybody um, some complain. I shouldn't say everybody, but some complain about uh, because they are pretty strict. Uh, and if you do um, report anything, as I said, a stuffy nose, uh, a scratchy throat, um, a headache, you're not going to be allowed to show up to work that day. It's crazy. Um, so you look at this Eagles. It's an easy day off, by the way, as well. Yeah, it is an easy day off. You look off. at it that way. Yeah, that's that's the right way to look at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you have the Steelers' defensive line and the Eagles' defensive line. I would say that's the best part of both teams right now. You would agree? So what type of issues does that cause for this Eagles' offense? Well, I, yeah, I mean – this is arguably the best front, a little bit different in the fact that obviously they play the 3-4, so they have the edge rushers uh, being the linebackers, and that's T.J. Watt essentially and Bud Dupree. Uh, and that's sort of what the Steelers have been able uh, to do. And it's interesting because the Eagles lead the league in sacks, but the Steelers lead the league in sacks for games because they didn't play last week. Uh, so these have been the two best uh, pass rushes in football. Uh, the difficult part of that from the Eagles' standpoint is they have all the issues on the offensive line, starting most notably with Jordan Mailata, uh, who will be starting his second game at left tackle. But also Nate Herbig, Jason Kelsey, they're going to play, but they're banged up. We know how banged up Lane Johnson is got to take injections just to get out there uh, and make sure the swelling is down. Uh, so they are tremendously banged up on the offensive line, uh, whereas uh, Pittsburgh is gotten David DeCastro back, who arguably is their best offensive lineman. So they're, they're a little bit more well-equipped to handle a good pass rush. I, I think that's probably the biggest issue. All right, so the Eagles on their side of the ball here on defense, what can they do? Because you have Big Ben. I mean, talk about Ben Roethlisberger for a minute, John, for the fans out there that maybe haven't been following him. You just see the 3-0 and record against the bad teams. How has he looked this year, and what type of issues can he present? Probably the same that he's always been able to present, right? 
Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are, are going to get uh, a taste of their own medicine because we always see how difficult it is to take Carson Wentz down uh, in the pocket. And, and in a lot of ways, it's even worse for an opponent of the Eagles because Carson can also move and run. Uh, ben can't do that, but, man, he's hard to take down. I don't think there's ever uh, been a quarterback tougher uh, to bring down in the pocket than Ben Roethlisberger. He's just, you know, he's, he's called Big Ben for a reason. Uh, he's huge and he's strong. And if you just get a hold of him and think he's coming down, it's just not going to happen. Uh, but he's still working his way back. That was a pretty significant uh, injury that essentially derailed not only his season but the Steelers' season last year. Uh, and he's mentioned himself. He's 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 starting to get uh, back. And he was upset, by the way, that um, the game was postponed because now I think the Steelers have to play 13 straight weeks. And you know, one of the things they've done is is Ben doesn't even practice on Wednesdays. They're trying to get him, you know, manage his pitch count, so to speak, to get him to game day. So he he's still working his way back, uh, but. You know, there's a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, so uh, it's much more difficult to face Ben Roethlisberger than Mason Rudolph or Doug Hodges, let's just put it that way. Yeah, and it's not just Big Ben. I mean, they have a lot of weapons around them. You have Juju Smith-Schuster with 17 catches, 160 yards, and already three touchdowns. Um, Claypool, six catches, 151 yards. Deontay Johnson, 149 yards. And then they have... James Conner, and uh, even Benny Snell uh, toting the rock there pretty well for Pittsburgh. So I don't know where you start with all of that if you're the Eagles' defense. Yeah, you know, those receivers, and and, and Claypool's another, you know, he's just huge. Uh, I don't know if people have seen him at Notre Dame or a a lot of teams uh, even projected him as a potential uh, tight end. That's how big he is uh, to be that type of slot receiver. And he's another rookie receiver that seems to have hit the ground running. And I know that's a a, um, a hard thing for Eagles fans because for some reason they can't find young receivers to play. And you see him, whether it's Jefferson, we've talked a lot. Uh, Claypool's not been you know, that dominant, but he, he looks like he's going to be a, a really big threat in this league. And he, he's, he's, he's so difficult to deal with from a size standpoint because he is, you know, almost 235, 240 pounds, and he runs a 4-4. So um, that's an interesting and intriguing matchup. And you'll have to see the moving parts on the back end uh, for the Eagles because, you know, Avante Maddox hasn't been able to practice, so it looks like he's not going to play again. And that, to me, would indicate Jalen Mills at cornerback again. And then you got to kind of cobble together safety because Will Parks is getting closer. He's been working off to the side. But the Eagles haven't even started his practice window. So he's not going to be back this week, uh, which means you're going to probably have Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace back there again. So... A lot of issues from an injury standpoint, but we were talking to off-air, Ryan. Everybody's got injuries in this league, man. Yep. It, it is bad. All And you saw it in San Francisco last week. That's one of the reasons why the Eagles were able to win that game. 
A lot of injuries, a lot of blue tents up on the sidelines, and that's not going away anytime soon for any team, but especially the Philadelphia Eagles. But John McMullen, he always finds his way onto the field, and he'll do it one more time with me here tomorrow night for your football fix at 1030. And, John, go watch the rest of this game as Tampa Bay has the ball down by one with nine minutes left. We got some old-school Gronk there, Ryan. Yeah, love it, man. Gronk is back, baby. Gronk is back. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. All right, thanks, Ryan. All right, man. There he is, John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. And uh, one hour down here already. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.